Welcome to the NOLA Podcast. I'm your host, Rue. On this episode, I will follow up discussion with Mark Moriel, President and CEO of the National Urban League. We talk about what we might expect out of the new administration in the first hundred days, criminal justice reform, family, leadership, and more. Acclaimed New Orleans journalist and my main man, Bugaj, has the interview. My brother, take it away. Hey, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Good to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely, man. Different circumstances this time. We uh, did the last time. You you talked about the census. You talked about your book. You talked about some things and that I'd love to follow up and uh, continue our conversation. So, if you can, talk talk about the election. Well, you know, the election was historic. It looks like we may have had the highest black voter turnout in modern American history, and we may have had the highest overall turnout uh, in American history. Uh, the um, energy in the streets and in the community was noticeable. We worked very hard. We had a campaign, a get out the vote campaign that we ran in nine states. We used social media tools and phone calling primarily to really connect with people. Uh, but it was a historic election. Uh, and it's an opportunity for the country to have a new start. Now, recently you did speak with Dr. Fauci about this rollout with the vaccine, and there have been, as you know, uh, a little bit of a reluctancy, if you will, for some people in the country and in the African-American community for obvious reasons that when you think about uh, some of the things that's happened uh, historically. What's your take on uh, that? And what would you say to encourage people in the community? Yeah, the hesitancy and the reluctance is real uh, and should be absolutely acknowledged because it's based on some pretty severe abuses, mainly the Tuskegee syphilis study, which went on for decades, which uh, used black men as guinea pigs in studies that they did not even know they were participating in a study through which they were denied treatment for syphilis. Uh, Having said that, I think the approach now is to give people, provide to people the information they need on how the vaccine is developed, on who was involved in the process of uh, creating the vaccine, uh, what the side effects are. It's about enabling people to make an intelligent decision on their own. It's not about overselling the vaccine. It's not about shaming people. It's not about forcing people. It's about helping people make the decision on their own, but ensuring that they have the right information, the right information, accurate information. And to that, in that regard, I think it's important that black medical professionals and black scientists be out front, be be, be central to the messaging effort to give people the information that uh, that they need. We are involved in the Black Coalition Against COVID, and that's the group that uh, co-sponsored the conversation with Fauci, which is one of about half a dozen Zoom town halls that we've done. That coalition includes the National Urban League, the four black medical schools in the United States, the National Medical Association, which as you know is the professional association for black doctors, and the uh, organization known as blackdoctors.org. And we've come together uh, in a coalition uh, to provide a reliable public information and a dialogue about the vaccine and the vaccine process. So I think it's important 
be public education, uh, there be information, and that there be a community distribution effort, uh, meaning that the vaccine has to be available in hospitals and doctors' offices and health clinics, but also needs to be available in school, churches, community centers, uh, other places that are more available and accessible to people close to where they live. This has been quite a year in the area of criminal justice. And I uh, know that in our previous conversation, we did discuss that. In our local election, we just actually elected a new district attorney. And um, I'd like to get some of your thoughts about moving forward in New Orleans and across the country, obviously, about criminal justice reform and just your thoughts on uh, on that on that particular election for a district attorney in New Orleans and how you think that that could have perhaps a positive impact on uh, the criminal justice system in New Orleans. Uh, a couple of points. Uh, number one, Jason, of course, is part of this growing trend of what are known as progressive district attorneys who want to, to leverage the role of DA to make the justice system more responsible, fairer, and less racist. The other important point is that the National Urban League, we do a tremendous amount of re-entry work. And one of the elements of a criminal justice reform initiative has to be re-entry, uh, helping people who are released, uh, even if they're released for a shorter term, to uh, get back on their feet, reunite with their families, find housing and jobs, and otherwise move on with their lives. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about diversion pro programs, which in a criminal justice reform study uh, is really important how you divert people from the arrest, indictment, plea bargain, and prison fighting of minor offenses. We'll talk about conviction integrity and, and otherwise have a discussion about uh, what uh, a reform DA is. My point is for people to understand that uh, making the system fair, you don't have to sacrifice public safety. Uh, that the explosion in uh, the uh, prison population and in the criminal justice system has been substantial uh, 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 increases in incarceration for people uh, who are incarcerated for nonviolent offenses, uh, people being uh, thrown into jail, no money to make bail, uh, and that the system is broken. And, uh, and, and, and fractured and needs to be uh, reformed and repaired from top to bottom. To follow up on the work that the Urban League is doing, when we look at the, the new administration that will be coming into office at the federal level in January, what is it that the Urban League is looking to partner and do as far as uh, its agenda given the new administration, what are some of the agenda items and initiatives that the Urban League is pushing forward? I think, and, and this is not in order of necessarily priority or emphasis, but here's, here's a list of things. Number one, we want to see a new, refreshed Voting Rights Act. The, the Voting Rights Act was damaged by the Supreme Court in 2013. We've had a, a pandemic of voter suppression, voter intimidation. We've witnessed it coming from the White House for the last four years. This recent stunt to try to disqualify the votes of 
people in majority black cities like Detroit and Philadelphia has been reprehensible. Uh, we need a, a new Voting Rights Act or an updated Voting Rights Act. Secondly, we'd like to see the George Floyd Justice and Policing Bill pass through the Congress and get to the President's desk uh, in the first one days. Thirdly, we want to see a plan for COVID along the lines that we discussed, a public information campaign to help educate people and a community-wide distribution program to ensure that people have access to the vaccine but they, and, to help, and also to help people make their own decisions. Uh, next, we need a relief bill that gives money to individuals and also gives money to states and cities. And then we also need an economic recovery infrastructure initiative that funds not only roads and bridges and airports and planes, but also funds water systems, community facilities, and the like. And we need provisions in that bill to get the jobs and black and black businesses have an opportunity to participate. That's a, that's a list, a short, maybe a short to medium-sized list of things we want to see really in the first 100 days of first year. Our combo with Mark Morial continues after this brief message. This week's episode was brought to you in part by Mr. Chill's First Class Cuts, located at 2734 South Carrollton Avenue, is the premier barbershop in the city of New Orleans. Founded by the iconic Wilbert Mr. Chill Wilson, it continues to be the place where one can receive first class service. So today call 504-861-7530 to make an appointment. Mr. Chill's First Class Cuts, continuing the tradition of excellence, service, and giving back to the community. Now back to our interview with Mark Moriel. Right. Uh, and a shout out to our brother Cedric Richmond, and I know you have been doing some work with him. And in his in his new role in uh, in the Biden administration, have you talked to him? And what kind of conversations are you guys have? Oh, I've talked to Cedric numerous times. In fact, he arranged our meeting uh, with President Biden and Vice President Harris. Uh, the meeting at the civil rights leadership had with him. He's been essential. The president has assured us that Cedric is going to be in the room on major decisions. Uh, he has a, uh, a really good position uh, in the White House uh, to play a very important role, uh, and I couldn't be more proud of him. Of course, you have, as a leader in so many arenas, you have been over your life and you have written a book talking about leadership. Talk a little bit about the book because you are in the room, the lessons that they can take from your book that can help them lead in a way that would benefit most people. Well, this is the thing, you know, leadership is really service. And my book is, it shares lessons of leadership that I've learned through experience about watching or working with others. That's really what's important, is that you learn by observation, you learn by participation, you learn by doing. And uh, my book is really about about that. And the stories I tell, I think some, they're, they're real stories. And, and they're stories of battles and fights and struggles. Uh, they're stories of where sometimes things didn't go my way. And I, I had to regroup. Uh, and I wrote the book with the hope that it's going to be an inspiration to the next generation of leaders. People that want to lead, people that want to 
well served. You know, it's part autobiographical, but, but it's mainly a book of leadership lessons. And uh, I really recommend it to people. I think they'll have fun reading it. It's a good read. It's an easy read. It's a storybook. You know, I was inspired to write it uh, by uh, my, my publisher who said you need to do a leadership, an autobiographical book. Uh, the one that tells stories that people can, you know, people can take away. And that's really uh, the takeaways from this book that I think are really powerful for people about planning, modifying the plan, not to be paralyzed by a surprise. How do you network? Uh, how do you uh, lead and also follow? Right. And speaking of inspiration, and on a more personal note, because you have two amazing parents, I know, and uh, you know other people in your family. Talk a little bit about your family, your mother, and your father. Your father, the first African American mayor, and your mother as a leader in education and in civil rights and so many other areas. Talk about their influence on just you and your life and in a mission of living a purpose-driven life. My parents are my champions, and and for all five of us, my brothers and sisters, uh, they they taught us by bringing us places and including us. Uh, you know, I was going to end up like CP meetings at five years old. Like, I was hanging out at my father's law office when I was seven and eight. Uh, I was going to, uh, you know, teachers' union meetings with my mother when I was, you know, eight and nine. Uh, I went and spent time with my father in the legislature when I was eleven. Well, it was really being exposed is how I learned so much by being exposed, by watching, by observing. You know, my parents never forced, and sometimes we would go in places with them just by necessity because there was no babysitter at home. It was like we got things to do, so you got to come with us. And and I really appreciated that exposure because I realized now the impact it had on me. My parents have been unselfish public servants. They have loved our people. They've loved this community. They wanted to always give. They were very focused on education and very focused on service and taught us to also keep our feet on the ground uh, and, 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 and not be self-important, uh, not be uh, all of that, but to focus on, on serving people. And I think it rubbed off. I think it, it, it had an impact, certainly had an impact and an influence on me. I, you know, decided after I got out of law school, I spent two years at a big ball club, and I decided, you know, I, I want to live a, a, a purposeful life. And I want my professional life to align with purpose. And that's what got me into all of the things I've done. Uh, for two years, I worked at a law firm. I realized that while it was intellectually satisfying, it didn't speak to the needs I had in my consciousness, my soul, and my heart. And so I, I stepped out and started my own law practice. And one thing led to another, and the rest is history. And a couple of quick ones. Um, a message from Mark Morial to the people of New Orleans, and most importantly, because you just did this book on leadership, the next generation of leaders. You know, let's talk a little bit about that. The next generation has to, they have to step up and they've got to be assertive. And I use the term assertive, not the term aggressive. And not be fearful to lead, not be fearful to speak out, not be fearful to call out the injustices. You know, when I got elected mayor, people perhaps forget this. In 94, you know, we elected an entire slate of people under the age of 40. Uh, I was 36 
Oliver Thomas was 37 or 38. Troy Card, I believe, was 30. Ellen Hazel was 30. Uh, Susie Jones was Republican, was 38. Uh, for the mayor, the majority of the city council were under 40. Uh, and then when I populated my administration, I think most of my executive team was under 40. Uh, Marlon Gusman, Vincent Sylvain, Paul Sims, just to name a few, 40, 40 and below. So we, you know, we stepped up as young Turks to lead the city because we were not happy, not excited with the direction of the city in the early 1990s and decided to do something. But it was a risk. I faced uh, many detractors who thought I was not prepared, you needed more experience, but I said we did not need more experience in the same thing. We needed energy and nutrition. And I think the young leaders of today, uh, I would hope they would be inspired by the fact that there are enormous challenges that the city faces. And you can't just be a spectator. And you can be in a leadership role. But yes, as an elected official, you can be a leadership role in civic space, in civic and civil rights organizations. Uh, but, uh, but, but I urge uh, you know, young people who want to lead to lead and not spectate. And to the people of New Orleans, it's an unusual time for a lot of people. So what, what do you have to say to the people of the great city of New Orleans? Number one, it's been a tough year. If you've lost a loved one, uh, my prayers are with you. If you uh, had COVID, my prayers are with you. If you've lost a loved one, we have to support each other in this time of great difficulty uh, and, 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 and work for a better day. And I think 2021 is going to be a better year. This year will be uh, a year unlike the other. COVID, George Floyd, the economic job, the election. And finally, since we are, of course, in New Orleans and we love food, we love, we have a rich flavor and spice for life. What is Mark Moriel's recipe for a rich and most importantly, a purposeful life? Uh, you have to follow your heart have to love people, but you also have to prepare yourself. And and I encourage people to go as far in school as they can, they'll never regret it. And, and I encourage people to, you have to love people uh, in order to serve people. And you have to love people in order to have a good life. And that's, I think that's the spirit of this community. Uh, and, and you have to pay it forward, even as, you try to live well, you have to do good. Mr. Morial, thank you for your time. All right, thank you, man. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Mayor Morial. You can find out more about what he and the National Urban League are up to at nul.org. Also check out Mark's latest book, The Gumbo Coalition, 10 Leadership Lessons That Help You Inspire, Unite, and Achieve. Please subscribe to get the next episode of the No Look Podcast. For my man Bugash, I'm Rue. Peace.